You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take one. Knock, knock. Who it is? Receiving a and we can't believe you thought I fucking podcast. We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Stephen and Dana, and we're in the room. God, I don't know this. I don't know how to open this. Well, I'm gonna open it. Um, welcome to your early morning edition of In the Room with Stephen and Dana. I have my. I think iced... this is our first AM episode. <laughs> Maybe AM. You're probably right. You're probably. I did my own at eight AM. You did your solo saxophone. I did a solo morning. show. That's amazing. Yeah, talk about writing a solo show. Ooh, oh yeah, sure. Speaking it. of solo shows. Okay, wait. No, pin in you for a second. We have to catch up. Who was our last person? Adam Feldman, which feels like decades ago. It seems like decades. But welcome to December in New York, where yeah, everyone is like so decade. incredibly busy, and um, we just try to get through it. Just Amen. Yeah, doing it's... what we can. I was just walking by Penn Station. You know those stairs on 7th Avenue that go into Penn Station mm-hmm. that one should never take? Well, about 27 drunk Santas just came out of it. <gasps> Is it SantaCon today? It's SantaCon this morning. Oh. It is the squeezing. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I enjoy enjoy people who enjoy doing things. Does that make sense? I do, too, but I feel like... Enjoy yourselves today. I'm glad it's scheduled. Yes. Yes. And it's not just a, guess what today is. But it's a great reminder that day drinking is not for everyone. Yep. (laughs) This is one of those days. Uh, PSA. We'll find out tomorrow morning who those people are. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) We'll find out today by four o'clock. I want to say I did some night drinking last night and I couldn't feel fresher. Congratulations. Yeah. I was like, ooh, 9 a.m. I'll be good. Did you like do something different? We did a, a Wisconsin supper club dinner party last night with all my Wisconsin friends. So we all brought a dish to pass. There was a green bean casserole. Great. I made like that white drippy coleslaw for the Yum. first time in my life. Um, we had like pulled pork. Uh, we had a, a tater tot casserole. We had a Ooh. jello savory pretzel um, thing. That's a very savory jello pretzel, which thing. is not a dessert. It is meant to go on the plate. Amen. Yeah, so we did that last night. We had Brandy Old Fashions. Pat Beer made his own Blue Moon ice cream. I'm oh, sorry. Wow. He made his own ice cream. Ooh. It was 
It was gorgeous. I did that once with Thai iced tea. I did like a Thai iced tea ice cream. Ooh. Thai iced tea ice cream? Yeah, it was great. Thai ice cream ice cream? It was great. <laughs> That's magic. Well, you look beautiful too. Congratulations! Oh my god! Yeah. Already, I have like la- leftover makeup from last night. I see glitter. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. just didn't wash it off because yeah. I was like, maybe I'll have oh, a I'm little leftover kind of magic. Come on, yeah. come on. Whatever. I'm a mom. You so. guys, this is Annalie Ashford. <laughs> Hi if guys. you haven't picked up on that. And um, she brings the magic wherever she goes. Oh, yeah. that's really sweet. You know what's magical? These snowball mics. If <laughs> just are they cute? Yeah, just to share with you at home, these mics are like, they're literally called the snowball. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they're they very future. You're getting real nice and into it. You're, it's like a child for you. Like, yes. You're going to teach it. It's ABC. I mean, it looks pretty like soon. a little person. It has a big head and a stick figure body and no arms. Yeah, it's very Pixar. Three legs. It's microphone. very Pixar. I love it. If yeah. Wally were a microphone. Maybe. But other, we're, we're also in the setting. We're at my production company, and um, that's that's where we are today, this morning. And there's like a gentle spa bee in the background. <laughs> um, you know, the fresh uh, lemongrass scent of primary on 30th Street. Um, so yeah, that's where we are. Happy December, everyone. Happy December. And what do, what else do we have to talk about? We have something coming up. Do we want to say what it is in January? Not yet. I think after the holidays. Oh, whatever. People need to buy their tickets. Fine. Get a ticket to BroadwayCon because we are interviewing Nancy Opal. <gasps> you are? At BroadwayCon. It's a world oh, of probabilities. Do you know I have her jacket, her show jacket from Sunday in the Park. Shut up. It no. it has and I have to give it back to who gave it to me, but it was lent to me with I have it in and it's in pristine condition, but I'm giving it back to who it was given to me from. Will you but, send me a picture of it before you do? Yeah, it's very special. But anyways, I love Nancy Opal. I think she's genius, magic, special person. And yeah, never met her she's got a way. sprinkle of glitter on her face too somewhere. <laughs> yeah. She's I been on our like dream guest list yeah. for. Oh, that's oh, wow. great. We were pretty much gifted her as a guest at Broadway Con. They were like, who yeah. do you want? We're like, Thank you. duh, Nancy Alan Opal. Seals. He showed up at the airport at LaGuardia with a sign that said Opal, like waiting <gasps> for me. Oh my God, and I like, love it. You're going to be in my life forever. What that's if she was so on that fun. plane, though? That wouldn't have ended well for me. She would have been fine. No, it would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a ride. Yeah. What's up, Nancy? Um, also, we're all in like soft clothes. Um, you are wearing it's a Splash a. Mountain sweatshirt from Disney World. Oh, gorgeous. God bless. <laughs> gorgeous. Do you like the Splash Mountain ride? Oh, love it. Love it's it. so long and weird. It's also totally co- culturally inappropriate in the, from the film. But I think I'm, now I'm thinking back on the ride. The ride is a little scary in moments. It's very long, which I really appreciate. It, there's, it's just you get your money's worth is what you're saying. Yes, sure. If you're gonna wait online, but like, I don't. You know, Disney Plus just came out, and you thank God you can't find the film because they can never show it again. That the ride was like sort of based <laughs> on. Speaking of Disney, I just got a text from Andrew Hollenbeck, who is the company manager at Aladdin, and says happy interview oh. because he knows that we're very excited to have you on today. That's so sweet. Because you're like a gay icon. Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Oh. You're a gay icon first, and then second, you are Tony Award winner, which is why I am wearing a bejeweled <gasps> necklace on top of my gym outfit because I am going to work out later. Also, what Barbara shirt is that? Because that is um, real good. This, I believe they were um, selling this at her concert. Oh. Is there stuff in the back? The yeah, music. the music, the memories. The magic! The magic! The magic. 
Yeah. Oh, I love it. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. And you do have a Tony, so I have to like wear a fancy. You're so funny. Gym That's so funny. I just brought a menu of vintage eyebrows. Which I need that. <laughs> Where did you get that shirt? I had it made. Are you kidding me? I have me? the graphic. I yeah, found it on the order. internet. Put Ooh, I'll, I'll totally. It's the get best you thing one. I've ever seen. It's yeah. Who are unbelievable. you? Who do you identify with? Isn't it cr- immediately? I'm like, well, my eye lines up with Betty Davis. Like I have yeah. a Betty Davis, yeah. just me because it's like big and round. I'm not Marlena Dietrich, but I like that eye makeup the most. I think when I saw Natalie and I was wearing this, I think she said she was an Elizabeth Taylor that wanted <laughs> to be a Carmen Miranda. I love her. Of course, she said that. So that is stupid. so funny. I mean, I am not Betty Davis, but I feel like my eyes are more like Betty Davis's. Maybe I just noticed. Yep. Such a screen queen. This is, I'm obsessed with, but also I love Gloria Swanson's eye. That's really good. Well, it's a she good didn't shot. need words because they had faces. I mean, I love you. <laughs> the best. Nothing better. And Barbara's version of, you know, her version was the only version that I listened to for a long time. Me too, because she did it at the, the, her concert, is like the 1994 or whatever. Yeah, that's how I learned it. And I used to sing it with the As turban. As if we never said goodbye. As if we right? never said yeah. goodbye. Yeah, and it was yes. part of a medley, I believe. I don't yes. know, she's done it. Yes, 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 thing. absolutely. Do you I'm know sad. that two, that 2016 concert, I got to go to the dress rehearsal. Can you believe that? At, at the Staples Center? We think we're Center. so cool. Okay, oh, I'm not ahead. cool. But I just got really lucky. I was doing Masters of Sex, and our hair, head of hair was her hair, was did her hair, and our person who did our magical nails also did Barbara's nails. So sometimes she'd be like, I'm late, <gasps> coming from Malibu. And I'd be like, oh, well, I wonder whose house she's coming from. Yeah. Um, she lives in Malibu. amazing? So they know how much I was, I, they know how obsessed I am with her. And it was like two weeks before I had my son. I was so pregnant. And I cried, like, the whole concert. She oh. came out. I cried for, like, two whole numbers. My friend who was with me was like, honey, are you okay? Are you going to, like, go into labor? Can you be here? Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if I was Did like, you... I went into labor during Barbara Streisand's <sighs> dress rehearsal concert at the Staples? It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was, like, totally overwhelming. I don't know if I can ever meet her because... I'll be totally overwhelmed. No, she's cool. I have never met her, but I've I, I've, I've been in um, the room. Oh my god! But I in the room like with Stephen and Dana, I'd be crying. Yeah. yeah, but she's cool. Like she only wants to eat and eat coffee, ice cream with you, <laughs> just and just like wear. Lobster. She wants to wear soft clothes. Like yes. she does not want to do the thing, which I love. Yeah, Bette Midler is scarier to me, but she's yes. also my queen, and I've actually met her many times. Me too. And like, I find her more like guarded but she she's also so cool she's also so famous and she's also like she needs to kind of protect because yes. people are crazy i understand that totally mm-hmm. but and they're still you know you're there like artists still trying to make art yeah you know so but, you're like what is that yeah what do, what does it feel like for you right now and what you want to make and because you're so famous there's restrictions on what you can and can't make as an artist you know just something that like we don't yeah. kind of always think about but anyways yeah. And they were fierce women before, well, in a time when you had to fight harder and be fiercer yeah. to, like, get your way as an artist. Yeah. Okay, Lady Gaga coming out in a mermaid outfit in a wheelchair. The girl, uh, Beth's been doing that forever. And she was not ripping off anybody. She was the first one. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's all kind of derivative, but they're, like, the first. Although, yes. you know, they all have their inspirations. Although... Barbara kind of famously doesn't. She's always asked, like, who did you look up to? And she's like, um, uh, nobody. I just like to say, you know, it's like, yeah. okay. Well, because we're all doing you. But I know, <laughs> we're right? We're all doing you. But I would argue with her <clears throat> that 
she had the great gift of Funny Girl was that she got to carry on the legacy of Fanny Bryce mm -hmm. without anybody really saying it. You know, mm -hmm. she she did. She really like picked up a she picked up a piece of history and continued it on and used that it. That would have otherwise fallen by the wayside. I feel. Yeah, Who else was going to do that? And Bette did the same thing in a way. It's like these fierce mm -hmm. Jewish women so, who with are Sophie Tucker yeah, and like her absolutely. kind of like old vaudeville style. Yeah. You know, like picking up a cue from a from another funny lady. But those first five years of Barbara's career, like how could she not have been inspired by Fanny Bryce? Not it was wasn't just in Funny Girl. You listen to all of her early club work. She was doing Fanny. You know, yeah, and she still does, yeah. but it's Barbara. But it's Barbara. But and, and she was funny. uninhibited. She had something to prove, and now she yes. has something to prove in a different way, oh. like to prove she is worthy of our love and affection. Like I am worthy of being this huge legend that I supposedly am. But before they get there, yes, they're just like I am this. Oh yeah, and now she's like terrified to get on stage. Which you know? is something so that I love to hear about yes. because it just helps it the neuroses of the performer which is a normal healthy thing yep. to have yep. mm -hmm. but it just it makes you feel a little bit better you're like oh everybody oh, okay. feels like that huh great do you think Barbara yeah. Streisand takes beta blockers yes prop no I don't know but I hope so because <laughs> so it would too. make me feel good <laughs> you're in the world what do what drugs do people take what drugs do people take I feel like people um to perform not to go crazy you guys don't go crazy yeah. don't go nuts um oh god if you're doing eight shows a week nobody's doing any fun drugs you know no way you gotta no live way. like a nun and also <laughs> like a nun like I'm a obsessed nun. with you um but i you know i there's many many fantastic actors that not just on stage but also many actors on camera who take beta blockers because the camera catches everything mm -hmm. you know you can be sitting in the front row and not catch what's happening behind the eyes but when the camera's on you it does so I know quite a few screen actors who screen actors gross that's so are, 80 are they a member of the guild <laughs> screen so I know as many screen actors you plasma oh actors my God. <laughs> plasma actors um, but yeah that's so a lot, a lot of people take beta blockers and then also Xanax Clonopin in small doses maybe daily or not daily depending on what somebody's Very chemical real. makeup is and the other thing that's like fantastic is I think there's like such a, um, a conversation happening now about mental health that didn't happen before mm -hmm. and that's so helpful everybody's brain chemistry is different and also oftentimes if you are an artist you have some magic things happening in your brain anyways that make you different and special so that may mean you may have chemically different things that you need help with or not need help with or whatever mm -hmm. um, but I always try to like remind myself when I'm in a room of artists that everybody has special brains some people have gotten help with their special brains and some people <laughs> are not amen and with that that has been our episode um, it's a great way to describe our podcast too <laughs> yeah. special brains special yeah. brains special is brains. the title in I'm the room sorry, with special brains that's what it's gonna be it's great um, anyone who's listening to this podcast knows who you are Oh, that's really sweet. Correct. But we should probably say who you are. 
And we asked for star of stage and screen. Star of stage and screen. In a very (laughs) cool way, and I want to get into it. But like you... Yeah, I kind of want to start with something recent. You've gotten into everything. You've gotten to dip your little unicorn tail into a lot of buckets. I've been so lucky. At the beginning of my career, people were very quick to be like, well, you only play blondes and maybe just dumb blondes and that's it. And then I... And it was sort of like challenging in the first couple years of animated, you know, for people to see me doing anything different but then I got really lucky and I got to play Maureen and Rent and it sort of just for some reason like cracked people's minds open to the possibilities of me being different people you cracked it, people's minds open into the possibilities of you being but did, different did it crack your mind open were you pushing yourself in that moment or did you know like oh I can also do Rizzo do you know what I'm saying like yeah. were you like I know what I can do I always was like, can I be Rizzo? You know, I always wanted to be something different. No one was pushing you into like, No, you should do Maureen. That'd be fun. No, I was like, I'd like to play Maureen. That would be magic. That's (laughs) like one of my bucket list roles. Move Um, with me. Just begging people to move with me. Please. Oh, it's my favorite part in the show. So it was still one of the, my, it's still one of the most enjoyable things I've ever done, Mm. playing Maureen. I like it. I loved the sing. I loved like coming on at the end of Act One. There was something just weird and magic about that. Sure. You know, everybody has a different journey with different roles, but for me, that role in particular, I just it was just such a match. Like a smaller house. Yeah, it was intimate. We were in New intimate. World stages, um, and also Michael Greif was so so kind and wonderful to me, and really like let me explore a totally. I don't want to like say new take on it, but we I didn't do what they did originally. I took cues from it, kind of like I have many times where I've had to like re yeah. uh, reimagine a role that has be, like been iconic. About Dot. Like, yeah, how do you approach that and not just copy paste? Yeah, I was actually talking to Bruce about it yesterday about how Jake Gyllenhaal was not doing Mandy Patinkin, yet he so beautifully captured the essence of George and Mandy Patinkin. And he's not doing it, but he is... No one who's a fan of it is going to be upset. They're going to be like, oh, ooh, there's like a spice in there that needs to be in there. Absolutely. Well, also when you're approaching like these iconic roles that not only... (sighs) The thing that's tricky about Sunny in the Park is that you can go watch it online you can go watch the original production on PBS on YouTube you know what I mean so there's such a quick reference to what it was it's not just like the audio that we have in our minds and we made up Mm -hmm. um so on that I think in that instance for me it was important to like pay homage to Bernadette in a few subtle ways that people who know the original well would know there's just like a few physical things that I chose to do and just a few vocal things that I chose to do but you, I, for me, I always just look at what's on the page and work from, you know, work from it in any other way that you would in any other role, um, and then you just kind of find your way to what, you know. Was that a big conversation with uh, Janine Tosori or Stephen Sondheim through the rehearsal process? Like, did you get stuck? Like, I, I don't want to do it this way because that's how Bernadette did it. Like, what are my other options? Yeah, well, you know, there's been two enough productions of it since then for, like, the creatives that they've seen it so many times that I don't think that they are 
stuck in a memory of the piece. Mm -hmm. But I will say Stephen Sondheim did have some very specific notes about specific things in the piece um, that I know are from the original just because he t- he told me, James Pine told me, um, and then also... <laughs> Therefore, Bernad- it's true. And Bernadette <laughs> told me. There's just one beat that she, after she saw the show, she was like, he gave you that note, didn't he? And I said, yes. And oh, she was like, oh, he's always gave it to me too. So that was like magical. But I oh think I've been super lucky that in that process, everybody was so open to... Um, open to both of us finding the piece, you know, sort of from scratch. You were my first Sunday in the Park experience. I didn't know the show. I didn't, I don't have a Sunday in the Park tattoo, like uh, my my friend Steven here. People will listen. People will listen and people did listen. We all have strengths. And I thought you were fabulous. And I was... Catering the opening night party. Oh, really? And so I have to say that you, that night, <laughs> are probably the most gorgeous person I've ever That's seen awesome. in That's life. Really sweet. Your hair was just like a scalloped situation. Ah, I can't, you guys, you guys, look it up. Uh, opening really night of Sunday. It was gorgeous. You're Thank gorgeous. You. I'm just like walking around with champagne, like, the family's over there. That's so like, sweet. The family's over there. Oh it was God. so nice they to were, get to like share that with you, though. It's like, you were there as like there an actual Penny. person in a toxic room. Like you got to you be my plus Penny. one without being my plus I one. Know. I was like, I'm in the room. I was, like, I wanted you there so bad, and <laughs> yeah. we manifested it. Yeah, yeah. At the how library. about Penny? How about Penny? Oh, Penny best. Fuller, past guest. I love her so much. Love her so She's much. magical. Are you so looking forward to doing Dot again? Is it um, is Sarna going with it? Is it the same production? Yeah. It's the same production. Unfortunately, we uh, can't bring over all of the Americans. Of so it'll be a... Well, there's always like a... I'll be completely honest. We have so many full British companies come over from the UK to mm. do pieces think about how many we've had in the last five years you know where the entire British company comes over but we don't do that there's like three or four of us go over there so just on that note just selfishly like I wish Penny Fuller was coming with it you know what I mean like um and and also I always say that the brilliance of of that show is twofold it's not the dot and the George it's the piece and it's the ensemble the Mm. show really works best like a painting it's not just one right it's like it's all the aspects yeah I feel like everything I've ever been in that went well it's because every single person on the stage is committed to telling a good story you know and and all the stars aligned and it was all the right people we say that about kinky boots too actually a lot we've had a lot of kinky boots uh friends and fam on and we constantly come back to that like Ooh, you guys are a good ensemble. Absolutely. I, You're a fantastic ensemble. A beating heartbeat across the stage. Yeah. Right. And I feel this the same. I got so lucky with You Can't Take It With You. It was the same thing where the ensemble was so... Unbe- the, the group of 22 actors was so outrageously gifted. Everybody was just... And then on top of that, beautiful humans. You know, it's like, we just got lucky. You know, theater is communal. Mm-hmm. It's not solo. It's communal. We had your stage manager, Martha, on the oh, podcast. Really? We've had Elizabeth Ashley on the podcast. Oh, my God. That's amazing. We've dipped into the barrel if you can't take it with you. That's amazing. We've got to get the snakes on. Isn't it, Elizabeth Ashley, like, um, you're, like, iconic. 
iconic. And then what a special brain that is. So unbelievable. We shared me brain. and Christine Nelson and Julie Halston shared a dressing room that shared a bathroom with Elizabeth Ashley's dressing room. So we kind of shared with Elizabeth too because we shared a bathroom with her. But she would get there like before us, and she wasn't on until Act Three, which is also just another thing that. I just, I'm such a participant in the history of theater. Like, you know, mm-hmm. all three of us are at this table. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I just think, not, I'm not going to be like, oh, the millennials. But I am going to say that that is a, an important thing that needs to continue in the tradition of people in the theater. Like, it can't just get lost because we're so dependent on, like, YouTube clips. Absolutely. Do I think know? we all had to learn it the hard way. I yeah. would go to the public library and get cast albums. Yes. And I would pull out scripts if they would have them in Thousand Oaks. Like, trying to hunt down that material so I could figure it out. Yes. Um, Of course, in some ways, I wish I could have just sat at home and been on the internet all day and, like, download it all at once. Yes. But it stayed special because I Mm. couldn't. And also, there's, like, a... um an importance to know not just who's in just the generation before you, it's the generations before you that I think is like something that needs to, like when I teach, I'll ask questions about like even just Fosse, like people don't know enough about Fosse and Gwen Verdon, you know what I mean? Like it's great that we have, like I like that, you know, the Fosse Verdon, you know, thing happened, which is magic and all the people who worked on it were so special and great. And so that's important. But I still feel like this generation coming up I'm like, did they watch it? I hope they watched it, you know? Your first version can't be Glee. But here's also (laughs) what I'm going to say about Glee. It's twofold. Your first version can't be Glee. If it is, that's a great way to dig deeper. You're exposed. And also, thank you for the exposure. Absolutely. So the fact that it's being made at all is incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're like in this sort of magical time where musical theater is cool. So, yes. like, let's all just jump Again, on that bandwagon. not the first time it's been cool. Yeah. What I, I did for love was on the top on the 40. Rosie O'Donnell show yes. is our age right now. And she lit a theater fire across the nation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I will go to my grave. She is why I live in New York from Wisconsin. I'm in the middle of nowhere. And Rosie O'Donnell was my outlet. Access. She told me. Between Tony Awards. She brought Awards, Broadway. Yeah. We could see performances. Yeah. Yes. I don't know Megan Mullally first from Will and Grace. I remember her as Rosie's friend. I love it. Who was in How to Succeed with Rosie's other friend, Matthew Broderick. And like they brought theater to me. I Specifically love that. to me. I love that yeah. so much. I told her. I, she was in my first Broadway show that I came to see, which was in the Heights. I came with my college. We were doing our showcase. And I spotted Rosie O'Donnell, my queen, in the mez, sitting with her now ex-wife, who I now know, and it's so crazy. I walked over to her at intermission. I couldn't handle myself for the entire first act. I'm like, not watching In the Heights. I'm watching Rosie O'Donnell watch In the Heights. Um, so I walked to Rosie. I'm like, I love you. You're why I live here. And she was like, welcome. You know? So welcome. Yes. I'm like, that's amazing. You got a well, the, your a welcoming committee was I Rosie did. O'Donnell. I yeah. mean, also, we have a shared. It was meant to be, and you're a meant shared. to be here. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, that's so true. But you're from Denver. Yes, I'm which from Denver. Is, not New York or LA. Uh, no, no, no. But I always say, like, I always tell this joke that I, 
deeply wanted New York City to be the New York City that I fell in love with from all that jazz mm-hmm. and the turning point. Talk to this guy. Talk to this guy. <laughs> the turning point. Oh, it's so good. I used to watch it over and over again. Oh, so good. And my mom loved it, which was always like great. You know, we used to go to Blockbuster and I would like figure out like that wasn't always in the musical section. Sometimes Comedy it was just slash musicals. Yes, section. but that sometimes turned just gay stuff. I knew too. Like as a little girl, I other. was like, I know magic. Misk. Just other. nothing other misc. Um, yeah, behind I did, the adult section. Riff raff. Yes, I did. Um, my very first show in Denver was. Well, I found a dance studio that was magical, which I talk, talk which a I lot about. Which I want to come back to oh, because you pay such homage it? to it. Yeah. Is, I mean, if well, I'll just say, yeah. So I basically, I talk about it a lot in my in my first like club act that I ended up doing like, uh, it sounds so, I felt like I'm like, oh, I did it on PBS in my life from Lincoln Center. But, but it was an unusual thing to do in one of those PBS specials yes. to talk for 10 minutes. But I feel like cabaret is like a dying lost art form true proper cabaret but I feel like it's making a comeback through drag Mm -hmm. which is amazing and I'm so grateful for it and I love that I love that RuPaul's Drag Race is becoming such a like cultural pop phenomenon and I love that Queer Eyes come back because I think it gives another breath to like this world of performance art slash cabaret slash comedy Slash turning gay the, magic. Yeah, turning the world on its head, holding a mirror up to society and be like, this is what you look like. Yes. Or like, absolutely. let's have fun with this. Absolutely. And also, like, another form of stand up, is, which is what cabaret yes. is to me. So, yes. And um, stand up is making such a resurgence. Yes. And it's a cool thing to do. And it's also being challenged in its form right now by, you know, by people like um, Hannah Gatsby. Oh, God. Right? And, yes. you know, so, anyways, um, I basically am my. In this club act, I like used it as an opportunity to talk about my first singing slash dance teacher, who her name was Kit Andre K I T A N D R E E with an accent, and she was such a larger than life character. She had she wore false eyelashes every single day that were like a full two inches, and she wore oh big gosh. huge lucite platform heels and big oversized Disney t-shirts and rhinestones. Yes, the best. Oh, amazing. Um, So anyway, she really was so formative in my life as a singer, but even more as an actor. She would make me like break uh, break down songs as like an eight-year-old i was breaking down like mama rose and everything com- is coming up oh. roses but not just the sh- not just the song the entire show we would go through like what does she want how is she gonna get it and she was an incredible performer she's truly like one of the best performers i've ever seen in my life and she had a club in denver called kids club in like the 70s and early 80s and it was in larimer square and she was really well known and she was really well known for playing mama rose um, she was a tiny, she wasn't even five foot. She was so petite and tiny, had white hair. Anyways, she like taught me about Liza and Judy and Barbara when I was like seven years old. I was like buying every Barbra Streisand, you know, CD you I could from the mall. But like speaking of special brains, oh, you're so gift. young. Yeah, I was and like yet seven. Your brain is breaking down Mama Rose and you're like unfiltered because you don't know that you're not supposed to be playing Mama Rose other no. than you can't be Mama anything because you're eight. No, and I was like, oh, I'm singing as if I never said goodbye. I have to have a turban and I have to sit in the chair and like, like that's just what we did. That's drag. Absolutely. <laughs> that's well, drag. We're performing gender. Amen. We're performing a mother. 
Absolutely. And then when I was um, like nine, you could look up auditions in the paper. So I was always looking up auditions because I wanted to, you know, learn and get better. Yeah. Well, and even it's sort of the same businesswoman I am now. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot it's a business. I really just I want to continue to grow, which sounds so cliche and gross. But it, it is. It's like I always gravitate towards that energy in the business rather than the, the business energy sometimes just like scares me like I'm bad at that part you know I was just I was listening to RuPaul's podcast coming in today because it gives me that juice that I need like it's so great it's called what's the tea and oh, I've never listened yeah to so, and it's just like church for me in the morning um but Ru and I wrote this down coming on in he said I don't have a career I just show up for it. Oh, that's so fierce. I love it. Mm. See, how beautiful. What what a line. Because it's true. And that's no all, one's yes. giving you a gift. I don't ha- have one. I'm not, it's not tangible. There are opportunities and I show up. Absolutely. And also like. And you can call whatever you want, but he's I just having that. fun. And yeah. also like, that's such an honor. Like he's like giving such honor to the art, which mm-hmm. is, you know. Then, so uh, speaking of Rue, um, I did, I got Tina Denmark and Ruthless at the theater on Broadway in Denver, which was the gay theater of Denver. And it was on Broadway in downtown Denver. So yeah. it was, people would be like, you're on Broadway? Like at school. And I'd be like, well, I'm on Broadway in downtown Denver. Um, but It's a stepping stone. You know. Um, but my grandmother was played by a drag queen because that's how you do in that show. And also it's based on um, Valley of the Dolls, All About Eve, Gypsy, and... Uh, what else? Oh, um, the bad seat. So I watched them all over and over and over again. So I was like, I could quote, I can't anymore, but I could quote all about Eve and Valley of the Dolls like when I was like nine for that entire summer. I would do like the whole movie. So the other thing, and then we also, we I marched in like the Pride Parade and I learned all of, I learned what it meant to be a friend of Dorothy. And, you know, it was the mid-90s, so that was a different time in gay culture. Yeah. And it was also, we were still in, a crisis mode with AIDS and I, there was all these people that I met in my life in the theater community who were struggling and some of them did not uh, did not fight their battle you know they lost mm. the battle which was also something really important to see as a young person and also as a person who feels like they are a member of um, like the LGBTQ community in a positive way like although mm. I am like a cis female who is really straight I'm embarrassed how straight I am sometimes get out you know get where out. you're like I'm sorry I'm so straight like I've tried so many times to like try to bend me yeah I'm just like really straight no, you were meant to just make a icon <laughs> yeah. just blanket statement yeah. that's so sweet but I guess what I'm saying is my sort of history as a child I could not be more grateful because it made me aware of how special and important like the gay experience is and how it's like role in art and culture pop culture and theater especially is like they just are they're just married you know what I mean yeah thank god thank and that's that is too what I feel like I just like every time I teach I'm always like sort of like I'm like make sure you know all your gay magic because it's going to make you better as an artist yeah don't hide that under, under a bushel oh no yeah Wait, I'm going to say that again because I tripped over my words and I want to be a comic genius don't hide that under a bushel oh no <laughs> that was a good clean one Dana thank that you enjoy that in post not cutting that um, I think I what 
what people are doing with their career now, it all fluctuates and it's all over the place and good, fine. But I think what we did as kids really lays the groundwork and is such a huge part. It's kind of like a Venn diagram of like, this is what I grew up doing. And then like, here's my career. But like, this is like what, what made it. Yeah, my passion and all that started. The roots, the roots are, the roots are much deeper and, and more. Long. Yes, and also like, what did you gravitate towards as a child is still what you gravitate towards now. Like, mm-hmm. I watched Too Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Like on accident, <gasps> like it somehow it was like on one of like HBO. I don't even. Yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. And I would look up when it was going to be on again and like get up. I remember getting up like it late at night to like watch it. At, it was like came on at like one o'clock in the morning. I was like, I remember I'm before TiVo. Yeah, you had to like you had just to like set your VCR to start. Yeah. And also, how did I know when it was? I guess you could look up what was TV coming. Guide. TV Guide. That was how it, I'm like. Isn't Come it crazy? On. Yeah, it's amazing. TV Guide. TV Guide. The yeah. Third, you have like the Excel spreadsheet of channels. Yes. And all the it was my bars. favorite magazine. I yeah. Saw yeah, with the magnifying myself. glass, it was so small. I know. I could never to... read it. I kind of like you're like oh that'd be nice to have that again, wouldn't it? Oh, all the things. Let's bring a, a gift basket. Yeah, that was very Moira Rose. <laughs> a gift a basket, basket of like old like '90s shit, like a TV guide, a Reader's Digest, um, a Slinky. I don't know. Highlights magazine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Herbal's Essence. Herbal, Herbal essence. <laughs> cucumber. Um, what was it? The. Um, we were a Pantene house. No, there was like a a lotion that was oh, cucumber. Yes. What was that brand that everybody, too, everybody had? Like, Yeah. It, when you I could get it at the grocery it? store, too. That's the thing. Like, you could get it at the grocery store. Oh, people yes. are screaming right now. It was like... Uh, oh, my God. Not the Queen Helene Mint Julep mask. Oh, yes. It's $5 no, a I gallon. I know what you're talking about. It was like cucumber mint, like, cream. Like yeah, a lotion. Every Everybody girl had it. had it. Yeah, you had that and like your lip smackers. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. Amazing. I got into those because they used to come with like a carrying case that yes. looked like a pager and nobody would ever get me a pager. <laughs> and I wanted one. So I got them with like the Dr. Pepper flavor. You did? And I would never use oh, them, wow. but I would carry it around like a pager. I love that. That's like so funny. Oh my God. It's amazing. I loved a prop as a kid. Me too. Still love a prop. Me too. I'll tell you what, every show I've ever been in, they're like, oh. More props? You want more props? But yeah, Mama likes a prop. Props are great. Mm-hmm. And you do very well with a prop, kicking it back to Kinky Boots. <gasps> yes. That whole number. That's a great example is of like. props, and it's all you. Oh, that's really sweet. You know, we like didn't have very much time to to work on the number. Like, I just remember like Jerry and I had like two hours on a Wednesday morning, you know, and like we sort of like planned it out and structured it. Um, and he let me just play and be weird and improv, and then he would just like edit. And then he—he's a comedic genius, and so mm-hmm. he would be like, "Okay, what about this? What about this?" Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Go and fix it, girl." And then it was just like, I would just see how it would go every time we'd do it. You know, like every time we'd run it, we'd be like, "How's it gonna go?" But I always thought the song was just gonna get cut out of town. Like we had really? no idea what was gonna happen when we did it in front of people in Chicago. You when you're doing a new piece. You think you know, but deep down, you really have no idea how it's going to go over. And thank God, the first night we did it in front of, like, an invited audience of 200 people, they were, like, crying and standing up. And we were like, oh, 
we're on the right track. Yeah. You know, and also, isn't it ironic that back then, Obama was in office, we were, you know, walking towards getting um, marriage equality. We were just, it felt like we were in such a different time and space. So we were like, well, this isn't a new message. And it's, you know, it feels urgent, but it doesn't feel as urgent as it did 10 years ago. And sadly, it was more urgent when it closed than it was when it opened. Mm. Like when I, I'd never seen the show before until the closing. I think that's why it continued as I long as it didn't continues as long as it continues to. It's on yeah. boats. It's all over the country. I think it could have kept running. You know, like there's a sure. part of me that's like, if Milan Rouge hadn't been coming in, maybe it would have had an, you know. Um, and also when it closed, it felt... Well, I have so many, like, obviously, so many personal, personal, like, connections to the show about my life. You know, like, we, like, Stark was sitting in front of me and Billy was sitting across from me and we were all like, our lives are so different now. You know, I have a kid. Stark has two kids. Billy has an Emmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy has so he many has things. capes now. I know. But if we think about How it, like Kinky Boots in Chicago was what, 2012? That's eight years ago. Yeah. That's it's almost wild. a decade. Oh, Kinky my God. Boots is almost a decade old. It's crazy. And I still like That's to have crazy. that many props in a song. You know, props just for me make Something help me tell the story. Do. There's yeah. like no greater anxiety than not knowing what to do with my hands sitting at a table. I'm like, where am I comfortable? Yeah. Give me something to Oh, I'm good. And she's extremely anxious in the song. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that's when you're your most anxious. Oh, so fun to get to use that. Yeah. Are you anxious on stage? Oh, absolutely. Always. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah. I mean, you know, there's this great book called The Inner Game you're, of Tennis that I read a in cool college. Cucumber. Oh, you're so sweet. But underneath Mary Mount Manhattan a... College, our alma mater. I mean, Mary Mount Manhattan us. Okay, um, what was it? What was sorry, what was the book called? Um, it's called The Inner Game of Tennis, and Ellen Ornstein used to give it out to people. Um, it's like one of her textbooks, and I've I mean, it's on my bedside table right now. I've been like taking wow. a peruse. But basically it's a it's just um it's written about tennis, but it's for everything, and tons of performers read it, and it's basically just about helping you remember what it feels like to be in the zone, and also, there's an element of that, like, anxiety, anxious, energy, nervousness, you know, we always say, like, you know, when you're teaching a class, you're always like, well, it's gonna happen, you can't be a human and not feel it, and it's also part of the energy of it all, um, and also, other you can feel fine, and other people can be so nervous, and energy is spreading, you know, like it, it you know, moves. Especially so, in theater. Oh my God, you can feel the house when it rains out and it, the weather's bad. You can feel it in the house because they had a hard time getting there. You know, yeah. sometimes it takes like a twenty extra minutes for everybody to kind of warm up and relax and ease sure. into the show. But I always feel like, you know, if you know what you want in the scene. If you have that to focus on, if you have the foundations, then they always kind of lead you back to the zone, you know. But yeah, how can you not be nervous sometimes? Are you kidding me? How can you not be nervous? It should be there. Just that, like, the format alone, you're in a dark room and the only lights are on you. Yeah. You know there's a thousand other people there. And you don't feel alone, but to be, like, alone in the lights in an otherwise dark room. And also when people (laughs) say they're not nervous, you're like, you're lying. Or I like you have no stakes tonight, but I do. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, like yeah. you, you might not care as much or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like going on a date. You're like, oh, I definitely know right now <laughs> that 
I don't need another. Yes. So I'm myself. Yes. Right? And then you go on a date when the stakes are really high and you're like, I need to marry you. And you can't, like, you're paralyzed. It's the yeah. same thing. It's like, we're all on a seesaw. Absolutely. Let's figure it out. I know. <laughs> and also, it always, again, it's like a great reminder that even Barbara Streisand's on that seesaw. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Pleasure to share a seesaw. No one gets out of this Barbara. world alive. Amen. Ooh. Amen. Um, unless you know somebody. Um, shall we do our game, or should we do a little bit more, or should we do a thing? Ooh, let's take a game oh, break. I have so, I have so many, many more. questions, but okay. we can like put a pin in that um, and do this. Let's take a game break. Yeah, a game break. So this is a game we like to play at the end of the year. Okay. If I, I hope you keep a planner oh, of some sort. In my heart. Your <laughs> do you have one on you right now? A planner? Yeah. Like I have like my we'll... like my eye calendar. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So what we like to do is draw a month and a day okay. from the ball, and then we see what we were doing this year. Oh my god. This day. is amazing. Okay, I'm pulling out my calendar. Mine's in okay, here. who goes first? I, ladies you first. Do, okay. Yeah, you do Okay. That. Or whatever you Oh no, it's December. Is. Oh boy. Is it tomorrow? <laughs> it it says twenty fourth. December 24th. Oh Christmas my God. Eve. That's so weird. Um, okay, I'm going to be in Chicago with my husband's family. And. Her man. Um, yeah, it'll be cold. It'll, it's, we're actually going to be like in Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is like even colder. Yes. Yes, you know. I do know. It's kind of a cute little town. And they yeah. so we'll have breakfast at this amazing breakfast place that we go to there. It's like a diner. Yeah, the coffee pot. Yeah. It's awesome. The, sure. Totally, you know. Yeah. So, anyways. And if they don't dribble a little bit of coffee, they're not doing it right. Right. If it doesn't fall down the white cup. Yeah, if your cup is clean on the outside, <laughs> go to a different any diner. Sort of diner experience. <laughs> then it was You're wrong. at a restaurant. Also, how about diners are a million dollars now? They're One. so expensive. Chicken tenders are like sixteen ninety five. Yes. No fries. Yes. No fries. Don't a la carte me, you diner. A diner it comes with eight billion other things. It's yeah, like side salad, really, baked potato. I yeah. kind of keep my diner visits to the mornings. I love a diner breakfast. Yeah. Where there's 17 plates. Delicious. I know nothing, nothing better. better. <laughs> so December 24th, I am doing my Christmas Eve tradition here mm-hmm. in Astoria um, with my friends. And we do Tacuba in Astoria. And great, they know us there. Great. <laughs> margaritas and then we go home happy great sounds good i'm jewish but on christmas eve we do like to watch the judy garland christmas special with the commercials <laughs> amazing wow. because they're all for cold medicine and dish liquid this is the best thing I've, that's amazing i'm maybe gonna take a cue from you and copy that <laughs> highly recommend so great it's event television every year <sighs> it's great that's a good idea yeah i'm gonna draw another okay it's okay your Okay, so first we have... I love that you have, get to date in the future. I know. I wonder where that means. We have September 13th. September oh, 13th. Friday. It was a Friday. <gasps> I had, just had another Friday the 13th so yesterday. That's so crazy. I had therapy, um, and then I had to take my little boy to school and pick him up, uh, and my husband had rehearsal all day long. So that sounds boring. Yeah, that's so lame. I had therapy. (laughs) (laughs) This is the realness. Uh, What did I do? I worked here. It was a Friday. 
And then I actually, I catered a private party. Y'all, we all have side hustles. Um, for this woman who's like an art curator. I remember that. But she's from like Brazil and like multi-million dollars. And there was uh, food and wine and I don't know. It was really fun. Wow. Great. Yeah. There was a band. And then she sang. She sang. She had like karaoke in her living room. And then I go, everyone, dance, dance until you die. You were meant for that party. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I know. It was actually really fun. That's so funny. That morning, I was uh, working with Joel Gray, and then I caught at the AMC a matinee of a rescreening of The Little Mermaid. Congratulations. <laughs> that sounds like a good day. You're welcome. That wins. Yeah. For sure. Sorry about your therapy. Friday. No. That, I think that one's great. I was really happy about it. That's really funny. Yeah. I need to find a therapist. Ooh. I just started the good. anti-Ds. That. Antidepressants. Oh, great. So I need to like find yeah, a therapist. Absolutely. Mine's nailing it. Really? He's nailing it. Yeah? Good. Yeah. New one. I had to like find a new one because the insurance and that's oh, always the hardest. Mm-hmm. It's like the worst. Mine retired a couple years ago. <sighs> and she she so many people went to her. Like half of the company of Kinky Boots went to her because of me. I'd be like, go to Dr. T. Um but she's like, for a while, she'd be like, you can still call me after she retired, which was so sweet. And then I was like, I'm not doing that to you. <laughs> yeah. But it took me a minute to warm up to him, but I'm into it. Okay, good. She's fantastic. It's, it's his such method. A, it is such a uh, game changer. Game changer. You know? It is oh, I'm just, so excited. That's going to be my 2020 yeah, gift to oh, myself. A year from now, you'll be like, oh, man, I'm really happy that that's a part of my life. Yeah. Totally. Just talking about it more out loud um, makes everything clear. And yeah. also helping, okay. having somebody strategize with you that's not your friend. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's great. Whose only goal is, like, happiness. Let's get you to happiness. Yeah. That's Amen. It. Yeah. Hallelujah. All right, I'm on February 12th. Oh, geez. A while ago. Oh, Ooh, I turned right to it. Mm. You did? Mm-hmm. I oh my God. love this game so much. It's so stupid. Okay, I went to yoga. Oh, no, actually, my husband went to yoga. <laughs> I didn't go hints in the calendar. By osmosis. Yeah, he went to vinyasa yoga with Sarah Morton. Uh, and then I took my son to speech therapy, which he graduated from at the, in, like, at the <gasps> end of spring. And he's, I was the one who was like, let's go to speech therapy. They were like, hey, well, he's, he's okay. He's fine. I was like, we need to communicate. So moral of the story is now he's like, over communicates. I don't care. I'm so happy about it. His yeah. vocabulary is incredible. And also, if if your kid is like just struggling with something, and everybody's like, "Oh, he'll catch up. Why, why not get help for it?" So then nobody's worrying about it. Yeah. Not even not worrying about it, but why do we have to struggle? Why not at least seek the help out and then learn. Like, I just have to wait. Yeah. I mean, I feel like whatever. anything that has the word therapy in it is only good, absolutely, unless it has the word conversion in front of it, and then we don't do that. <laughs> Amen. Um, <laughs> but in general, it's Took only, me a minute at it's this only hour. good. That's amazing. Um, I just realized, too, I have so Jack's speech, and then it says Nathan and Steph are friends who told us they were pregnant that day, who just had their baby. And then, so we had lunch with them, and then it says rap show. I saw Freestyle Love Supreme before I knew what Freestyle Love Supreme was that night, and... 
um, rap show. And yeah, <laughs> and it, I just knew that it was like a rap. And then there, it was their opening night, so it was this really special magical night. And Lynn came and did a bunch of like improv with them, improv raps, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in the theater. Amazing. And it was when they did it downtown before I moved to Broadway. So isn't that fun? So go see Freestyle Love Supreme. Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. See it. It's so good. Um, on February 12th, uh, Dana and I went and saw the revival of Merrily We Roll Along. Oh, we did. We wow. had we had like free cocktails up in the lounge. Do yes. you remember that? And I took all the Andes mints and put them in. <laughs> yeah. I love nice. the Andes mints. so funny. Yeah, it was fantastic. We had a little date night. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know, Dana's production company, the office in which we sit, um, produced that Merrily We Roll Along documentary. Oh. The, the best, worst thing that ever could have happened. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if you've I seen it. I love Lonnie, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have magic time with Lonnie. Like, he's so brilliant and special, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that he was like, this needs, story needs to be told, and then you made it happen. Yeah. Um, I did an interview last week when we were doing press in London, uh, and I talked about the documentary. You did? Oh, yeah, because oh, because he, uh, Sondheim wrote um, Sunny in the Park right after, I'm sure you all know all this, but he wrote it right after Merrily, and so those two shows to me always mm. kind of complement each other. There's always, there's the foundations of Sunday in the Park lie in um, the, the origin story of Merrily. I had never thought about that. Mm. Wow. That's so true. Because it was... Because Stephen Sondheim and Hal Prince had more fun doing Merrily than they did anything else. Yes. And you see it in the footage. You see how happy they are. You see what a joyful experience it was. Mm-hmm. And all along the way, they, they thought it was in good shape. You know, that there mm-hmm. were times where there was... But the two of them were like, well, it'll be fine. Anything that came up that wasn't going well, they were like, it'll be fine. And then the last two weeks were sort of like triage. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, right? You yeah. know yeah. better than I would because you know them. Yeah. Um, and the way it was received was so heartbreaking for them that it's it explains... Such a bummer. Because it kind of bummer. derailed their lives in a way. They kind of went their separate... Absolutely. And it's like when we were talking earlier about like what's expected of you once you're Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. once you're Steven Sondheim and Hal Prince working together. Absolutely. And then when and that's also, just the ego getting in the way. By the way, they were they were operating as a passion project team, and whatever you do, if it's a passion project, it's out there. Whatever energy surrounds it is going to have good energy because it's coming from a place that had belief behind it. Um, Which is also why the show has lived on. Exactly. And become well, You a don't hit. know in like yeah. 30 years that is, this is going to be a cult. It's going to be people's favorite musical. It's going to be revered. There's going to be a documentary. It's going to change people's lives. It's going to do all these things. Yeah. And that, yes, that's it why. All, it all lies in intention. Yes, And I does. think the same thing can be true of like a lot of Sondheim's work is that sometimes... Um, like I, I was comparing it a lot to Seurat last week. Like Seurat never sold a painting in his lifetime, but you know mm-hmm. his, especially mm. Sunday the you know Le Grand Jade is like heralded as one of like the top des- ten best paintings of all time in mm-hmm. history. But in his lifetime, he he never saw that, mm-hmm. and people put down his art. People were like, "This is a mess." So basically, Jonathan Larson, they hung it over the refreshment see? stand. Yes, exactly, and also. I think that Act Two specifically of Sunday in the Park, 
Act one always worked so beautifully because there's an element of pastiche about it. And now that we're 30 years away from 1986, there's an element of pastiche about act two that complements act one. And act two was always meant and written as a mirror to act one. And now it, it actually is because that tone and that style is appropriate once you're farther away in history from 1986. But it, I think when it was present day, I think it was hard for audiences to wrap their brain around it. And again, it's that element of, um, I hate to say this, but there's like an element of like, they're out to get you when you're up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's so much. Well, you're visible. And there's like a magnifying glass when you're great. You know, like, what are you going to do next? I always sort of think like, like Lynn after Hamilton, you know, he probably felt so much pressure after in the Heights. Um, but then when people are like, well, you created one of the best musicals of all time, that yeah. must just be like, he's such a beautiful human and I'm yeah. sure that he navigates that um, yeah. and incredibly well, way better than I ever would. But it's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. Absolutely. Well, getting back to RuPaul, the podcast this morning I was listening to was with Katya uh-huh. and Katya said, well, to be honest with you, mm. I've hit all my goals already. Mm. So now it's just gravy. The rest is just gravy. And then RuPaul was like, I'm going to stop you right there. You have so much more to give. You can't even see what the rest of your goals are. You just know the ones you ticked off. He's like, if you told me 20 years ago that I would have have the career that I have now, that I showed up for it, I wouldn't have believed you because I couldn't even imagine it. I just showed up for it. You know, so I think that's oh, this is getting very like. Stop woo-woo. worrying no, where you're woo-woo. going. Woo-woo. Move no. on. I was yeah, literally just on. gonna say, stop worrying where you're going. Move on. You know, yeah. and also yeah. um, the second set of lyrics when she's like, um, "Stop worrying if your vision is new. Let others make that decision. They usually do." Uh, you yes. know, every like, time. Ugh. And that yes. is a response to Merrily, in my opinion. Girl, you know? let's take a goosebumps break. I Seriously. Because I just got full bod goose, gooseies. It's what's your intention? Like, what is your intention? Why are you doing it? Why do you want to do it? I, there's a, you know, Uda Hagen has a whole section in Respect for Acting about how why she doesn't read reviews. And while I think that reviews are, like, important for history, they're important for um, critical thinking, reviews are important. Unfortunately, you know, Another element of Sending the Park is a uh, theme is like commerce and art and how they connect mm-hmm. and how they they can't not be with each other, which is unfortunate. But also, especially in American musical theater, commerce drives the art. Yeah. So our level of quality in the American musical theater is driven by ticket sales. Our level of competition in the American musical theater is unfortunately driven by ticket sales. It's driven by commerce, you know. Subscription base tourism. All of it, and all of it, you know, so they go hand in hand. So, unfortunately, from a marketing perspective, um, from a producerial perspective, reviews are important because it helps get the word out and it helps people understand word of mouth. And you know, mm-hmm. but from an artistic perspective, there's like a twofold approach can it be helpful? Possibly, but it's always a great reminder that, like. Everybody walks into the theater with something different in their heart, in their belly. Like, what'd you eat before you came to the mm-hmm. theater? What happened to you before you came to the theater? I know for me that that all affects, like, how I raining? view a show. Is it raining? Yeah. Well, you, you sort of touched on it, so I want to ask you, like, what do you want to see more of on Broadway? Oh, great that question. That you feel is missing? Well, Or I'm, has not been seen in a while? Um, 
you know, there's a lack of diversity in revived plays. Like, we do a lot of old white people plays, you know, and everybody's been saying that a lot. But, like, we should be doing August Wilson every year. Um, so that's, like, a problem. That's mm-hmm. something that needs to happen. And I also think that there's just not enough plays. You know, we put such an emphasis on musicals, which is absolutely, hello, yeah, I'm, I, I, we love to sing. clearly love to I dance. love musicals. Yeah. Um, but I also just think, uh, like, when I do master classes and I teach, I'm always like, for every musical you see, you make sure you go see a play, because it makes you a better musical actor. Yes. Um, and also, some of them are getting lost, too. Some plays, I feel like, are getting lost. So that's something I would like to see more of. Um, and... Uh, I feel like we don't, I almost weirdly feel like we don't do enough revivals. Like, some years there's, like, two revivals. Right. Like, we should be doing more. They there shouldn't should, cost yeah. so much, and we should just try to, you we know We should I mean? easily be able to fill a Tony category of yes. best revival. Right. Cut, cut down on the movie, musicals, and let's up the revivals. Some, up the revivals. Right? I yeah. think so, too. I don't know. And bring us something new with a revival. I mean. Mm-hmm. We don't have to well, dunk, dunk it in the river, but again, I think something Sunday in the Park did so well. It was it was a very straightforward revival. There were no, um, you know, lasers or projections like the two thousand six or seven revival, but it was still so different. And the, I I noticed the costuming above mm-hmm. everything else. It was so clearly from the painting, but so clearly not a copycat of Anne Holdward's mm-hmm. original designs. Yeah. It was and how those colors transitioned into the second act, and everyone was kind of in their same palette, but a new person. Absolutely. It was so on the dot for me. On the dot. I mean, uh, yeah, like the, the idea was like a clean, clear concept, which is what the show starts with, like white, Blake like Page, you know, like all of those, everything was clean. And also, mm-hmm. he was mathematical. I would say, like, Seurat was a mathematical painter who had big heart and you feel it in the painting it's very similar to Sondheim he's a mathematical composer who has a lot of heart like da 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 you know that like chord couplet is like guts you right away you know such an emotional meditation it's kind of a yeah totally can we talk about second act I watched it recently as my research (laughs) oh my god first of all nailing it with the billing Oh, thank you. Come on. That's so funny. Second of all, you're hilarious. Oh, you're really sweet. You're hilarious. You're so like sweet. Steven Second Act is on, what is it, Amazon Prime or something or Netflix? Showtime. Thank Showtime. you, Val Buchholz. Yes, yes. I was like, you have to see it right now. It's delightful. That's so, it's a it great was. holiday film. It is. When we were doing it, I was like, oh, hopefully this will be like one of those Christmas movies that I people I thoroughly like enjoyed it. And what I loved that you did was, I mean, the movie starts and we think you're kind of on her side. Like, you're going to take her under your wing and show her the ropes and this is your chance to kind of create a mini you uh-huh. and like teach her how to do it the way you want it done but then you turn spoiler alert oh, you yeah. jump ship I turn into the bitch which I was You're like a little villain I was a little villain you little villain yeah which was super fun how and fun to play the villain oh I love playing the villain it was great I like I feel like have I played the villain very often no I don't get to do it very often every once in a while and like I get to be that girl. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time with JLo, and you guys, she does her own Instagram, which I think is very fierce. Like, <laughs> you know, for somebody like JLo, mm-hmm. she could have like a whole team of people just doing everything for her. No, she sits and does her own pictures on Instagram. It's very organic. Get it. 
Um, I mean, my favorite part of the film is you are doing street research in, I think, Queens, and you are asking the girl wearing all the makeup about her makeup, that was and my... she's not having it, but she's not walking away. In my dream of dreams, there's like 45 minutes of that footage that didn't get used. I love you. And other <laughs> questions that you have asked her. We did that it's... in 10 minutes, and I improved. The director was so magical and sweet, and he was like, just go for it. There's so many funny people in that movie, so he would let us basically oh do a bunch of takes where we just improv. So he was like, I, you know, I would stop people who weren't, who weren't background, too. Like... We, and we did it literally in 10 minutes. It was a dream. It was magic. It was like fantasy. freedom and that license to kill. As someone wearing all of the makeup, do you have a favorite kind? <laughs> I fell out of my sofa. You're so sweet. Um, that it's was a great movie. Thank you. You're probably such a gift. I haven't ever worked with you, and I probably never will. But, yes. But to be able to have someone a director whatever Jerry Mitchell be like these are the bones go do what you do that is fucking special because I don't know if a lot of people can oh my gosh do that well that's... and improv and be so, because of your cabaret and like your personality and growing up a drag queen it's like I feel like a lot of that is good in a room I'm, and on set I like always try to be as open as I possibly can to everybody else and myself mm-hmm. and um, like always just know who I am and what I want and then hopefully everything just like follows suit you know you're like let's just see what happens but specifically like I'm so grateful for Jerry Mitchell because he he did let me kind of take Kinky Boots and Lauren in a in a different direction you know she could have been so much more vanilla and he was like well, let's see what you got girl but look, I'm gonna Emily edit does. You. I'm gonna trust you with this girl and edit That's you he you know? said that when we interviewed him he said I, I love getting a good group of people together yeah and there's loyalty there that he go he has his pool of people and he brings new people into it and he was mm-hmm. constantly plucking from that group because he knows it will be a good time Absolutely. Nobody Amen. Nobody wants to be in a room that's not also fun. I mean, he's the Judd Apatow of Broadway. Everybody wants to be he in his room. That's the one thing about, like, he is so unbelievable at leaving, leading the team. You know? I love him. Magic. Me do too. You were in Unbelievable. Yeah. So grateful. It was like, you know, we were filming Unbelievable during the um, Judge Kavanaugh hearings, and it seemed so apropos, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um and I knew, you know, I didn't get to read the whole script because a lot of times when you work in TV and film right now because of ugh, all of the security breaches and people not wanting the stories to get out, you only get what you're working on. So I didn't quite know what was happening oh, in the rest of the story. I knew the real story, um, but I knew it was special. Like I was like, yeah. oh, this is going to be like something really special. Like, I have a feeling this is going to be an important one. And I'm really lucky to be here. And I'm really lucky to be, like, a part of the storytelling. It was on the best of TV lists. It's you know amazing. what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, like, some buzzy stuff. I'm so grateful. I To that one, it's like, oh, that's just like a uh, like a cherry on oh, the top. Because you're, yeah. just, you're just so, like, grateful to be a part of something that's important storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm about to do um, the... Uh, American Crime Story Impeachment, the story of Bill Clinton's impeachment, and I'm going to play Paula Jones, which is another, like, gift of a... I'm just so over... When the press release went out, (laughs) when that showed up in the Broadway briefing, (laughs) 
<laughs> I lost my mind. You sent I me like thirty-seven meatball subs about it. I'm sure. Like, I did. like meatball sub icons, which is like our code for like siren. Imme- immediate attention. <laughs> that's so sweet. Well, it, the thing that's so cool about American Crime Story and Ryan Murphy in general is, I think, so much of his work is an act of social justice, and this mm-hmm. is included. Exactly. You know, coming back to the Glee thing, like, thank absolutely. you for telling these stories. The absolutely, and also, yeah. like, why are we telling this story? That's always like, you know, he comes to to his work with that thing, the first question, and in this specific instance, and I think um, the other two seasons of American Crime Story, I really feel like he's forcing people to look at a moment in history and not just how they reacted, but where they looked for their reaction so where did you look for your news on this topic and also how were people treated even if they were not on the side that you want to be on in history so in the instance of Paula Jones like Paula Jones was treated horrifically by the press by both political parties um, yeah. it, she just had such a tragic sort of go but we see her right now in history as being this Trump supporter that came to the um the debates, you know, sitting behind him. So that's what we see of her right now. But I'm, you know, people are going to come after me maybe. This will be sort of a first. We'll be like, oh, well, well, it's great. It's fabulous. Do you get kind of, I don't don't know if it's like press briefing, but do you get some kind of like way to navigate that when you're playing someone who's so visible and known and maybe like bullet points I'm that, sure by that, Netflix or whoever the hell yeah. is. Well, like, this, will, this will be with FX. I'm sure that we'll have conversations with Ryan and I'm sure Ryan will have, you know, um, and the other He'll be producers. show dad. Yeah, and yeah. Brad and Nina and the other two producers are so present and available and I'm sure that, you know, Linda Tripp is being played by Sarah Paulson and Beanie Feldstein is playing Monica Lewinsky. They're going to get You'll, a lot more than I am. You know, <laughs> what dreams. a table to be I at. Know. I want to be at that brunch. I know. I'm sure you all talk fabulous. about it. I'm so excited. My story is so separate from theirs. I won't get to be with them very much because, you know, Paula Jones is why he got impeached because she her suit is what started mm-hmm. the started sort of the trickle that became a rainfall, you know. But um, anyways, that's... I'm going to recommend a podcast if you're, like, unfamiliar with the... um, Or if you just need to revisit. Yes. It's been a while. Uh, Slate did a great 10-part podcast all about the Clinton scandal. Mm. Yeah. Those years. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Slow Burn? Yes. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, Yeah, I listened to that, and it was fantastic. It's based off of Jeffrey Tubin's book. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're part. using it as source material. They usually choose a book to use as source material. And, anyways, that's I'm super grateful for that. Are you in John Mulaney's yes, Netflix I'm in thing? Yes, I'm bunch. I get to see it on Monday night. I'm so excited. Oh, um, I saw you post something. I'm like, she's in it. Yeah, oh my God. I get to play white girl crying, which I'm really excited about. I have no idea. We shot for I shot for a day, and like I don't know when. <laughs> I can't wait to see it's my it. My favorite but. credit of yours. Like, role. I'm so excited. I'm so grateful. It's another thing that I'm like, I'm so lucky I got to do that because he's so special and I, yeah. it's like a fantasy that what he's doing is something that I always wanted to have happen. You are part of the Sex and the City legacy. <gasps> I am, which is crazy. I mean, I have no questions about it other than like, how does that, like, did you love watching the series and then you got to do the movie and you're like, oh my God, I'm a part of this legacy. Yeah, you just said it for me. It was crazy. And also... 
I got to film on like such a special night. Um, it was me, Bridget Everett, mm-hmm. the awesome actor who played the other person interviewing to be her, um, her assistant. With the shoes. Yes, the shoes. And then um, Jennifer Hudson, who had just won an Oscar uh. and was like, oh, felt, you know, all this pressure. And we, me and Bridget Everett spent a lot of time with Jennifer Hudson. Every time me and Bridget Everett ever see each other after that, because, you know, she's like a mega star. Uh, yeah, another common cabaret Come queen who queen. has got a fire under her ass oh, yeah. the past few years. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. And um, I saw her show, like, I don't know, four years ago. And it, she was like, girl, do you remember we spent all that time with Jennifer Hudson? <laughs> and I was like, do I remember? It was crazy. First of all, that was a great Bridget impression. That's Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> At a Starbucks, the one in Astor Place, down the street that from the public. Starbucks. Yeah. I was just in that cool. Starbucks. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, anyways, that was magic. And then also, Pat Fields obviously was the costume oh, wow. designer, so I got to spend time with Pat Fields. And I was like a label queen. It was really specific for her that I wore um, fake labels. She was like, "We can't have the real stuff. Go to Chinatown right now and get the fake stuff." And then she costumed second act, and I became close to her and her assistant. And they were so good to me, so kind to me. And there have been a couple times where I've needed help, like, I need a gown for this, or, and I need, like, Pat, can you? And they've just been the best. Just I'm, everything her you dream, Pat Her Instagram is out of control. Oh, my God, the best. She's just everything you always wished and dreamed she, she would be. She is. Mm. She's such a genius. She made me look at the use of a belt in a way I never thought I could. <gasps> Tell. Amazing. Oh my god. I just I love her. I love her. And I love Sex in the City and I love that you got to be a part oh of my that storytelling. Me too. Come on. Wait, where is your Sex in the City tattoo? You need to get one. Where is my Sex it's, in the City tattoo? It's real. It's just it, a cosmopolitan it, in no, my house. Well, maybe or it maybe it maybe it's the post-it. I'm sorry I can't don't hate me. I mean, I do have that shirt. I did a Sondheim show at the Duplex, and we did, um, a friend of mine did it, and we read scenes from Sex and the City and then picked the right Sondheim song oh to my tell God. that it's amazing. story. It was brilliant. So I wore a yellow shirt and said, I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. That's amazing. And that was, that was Sondheim in the City. Love it. You're so funny. We need to find a tattoo for you for 2020. All right. Because it's such a part of your life. Great. Done. Um... I want to very quickly talk about Sylvia. You played a oh, dog. Yes, I did play a dog with Matthew Broderick, who this is a nice, like, all connected, because Sarah Jessica was the original Sylvia, and they were had they were newly dating when she did it the first time, and he had a dog that he really loved a lot that she sort of based some of her dog off of. But yeah, Sylvia was, like, one of the most challenging things I've ever done as an actress. I can imagine. It was really... I created, like, a whole physical language that nobody knew except for me and Nathan Peck, who um, helped me with some of the physical stuff, and Faye Simpson, who's an incredible movement um, teacher who does a lot of stuff from chakras, like, a lot of chakra work. So I worked a lot with her trying to figure out, like... The chakra spaces of a dog. That was just super helpful for me from a movement perspective. The chakra spaces of a dog. I know it sounds crazy, but there was that was my way in. I never in. thought about it. It was like, and also some people were like, people who have dog. Even if you don't have a dog, sometimes people were like, I don't know why, but I sort of like just believed you were a dog at some point, and I was like, that's the best compliment yeah. ever. And I feel like it was the chakra work because they are constantly moving in and out of like. Sometimes the dogs are in a sexual space. Sometimes they're in a, like, a maternal space. Sometimes they're in an explosive, like, exploded first chakra place where they're, you know, have no filter. 
Um, sometimes they're scared, and sometimes they, their, their um, seventh chakra is exploded, and they can feel your energy and sense exactly what you're feeling. Uh-huh. Little things like that where it's just like helped me wrap my brain around like yeah. a dog because they don't talk. Sure. But I talked. Uh, I, I saw you front row in that. You did? I did. And obsessed with you, like in a weird, like crazy, I should maybe get, <laughs> it was so incredible. That's so like, sweet, thank your you. Your performance was just so stupid. That's so nice. And so specific, and now thank that you. you described that, that's why. <laughs> I was like, how is she doing this? That's so nice of you, that's I really But you just answered. Kind, so. I'm about to pay the, the weirdest compliment you've ever I received. Um, every time we take our dog out for a walk, we think of you because we have the oh Sylvia God. poopy bag dispenser. I have it too still. I still have it. Yeah. That's amazing. They made those? Yeah. Bradley Flea Market, baby. OMG. Yeah. They made it. You know, they didn't sell them too. I don't know why. I remember I got like, I have them. I have a few extra too that are just like, I'll just keep them forever because yeah. they're so weird and funny. What a weird, perfect souvenir. Yeah. It's exactly what I want. Thank and that, I, so I think of you three times a day. Thanks. In the weirdest. I'll think of you life. when I when I take Gracie out, my dog too. And we'll know on some level. Magic. We'll know that we're walking our dogs at the same time. Amen. Oh. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> first question we ask everybody was, "What was your first impression of each of us?" Of, of both of you. Ever. Um, magic and magic. Um, kindred oh, spirits, um, <laughs> most likely liked the same section of blockbuster film that I did when we were all 12. <laughs> we all thought we were special. If we all lived in the same But we town. were all in the in different areas of the country doing yes. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm and like, no one else knows Mac the Knife, and I'm in fifth grade. I was friends with all my teachers because I like knew Lawrence Welk. I love you. Like, you know, just like the stupidest. Yeah. That God Old meant souls. for us to be here right now together yeah. and was like preparing us for this special time that we live in New York City. For Thank sure. you. Hi ho. Hi ho. There are seven very well known dwarves in history. If you were the eighth, <laughs> what would your name be? Um, <laughs> I was gonna say gassy. <laughs> Wait, that's hers. That's mine. Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Yes. That's so. Has anybody else ever said that except for you? Just, me. Just Dana. Because I'm real. Amazing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Everyone else should. See, I told you, Beshert, kindred spirits. That's right. amazing. What's yours? Nishi. 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 Nash. That's so funny. A Nishi dwarf. Oh yeah. my god, that's so funny. He does pick those moments in history that are just like amazing the way you speak is so niche and like all, any reference I have is the most bottom of the barrel it I really can is. still quote All About Eve beginning to end amazing it's the greatest film oh, it's of the all best. time it's, there's a reason I picked Betty Davis's last I mean hello hello amazing but if it wasn't gassy because I'm already okay gassy oh yeah it's, I could talk about the gut microbiome all day um, Part two with Emily Ashford. <laughs> yes, got my girl by him. Um, I think my other dwarf name, if it wasn't Gassy, would be like Winky. Like I love a, totally. I love a sensible wink. And I love I'm what a wink means. I love Winky. For I love you. what a wink means too. Yeah. It means like you're good. I see you. Mm-hmm. Um, I support you. I. Or that was lame that just happened. I'm undressing. I know you. what you're thinking. Yeah. And I'm here with you. And I support you. Yeah. yeah I give you love. In a I went to way. celebrities. 
I do too. Just to be like, I see you, but I'm not going to be weird. Maybe my wink is weird. Maybe it's the... <laughs> is my wink weird? You're a celebrity. It's the yeah, new, like, tip sorry. of the hat. Yeah. It You're is. just like... Do you know, it, yeah. I do it too when I'm working and I feel like a little uncomfortable or I don't want to interrupt what the director's saying and they're telling me notes or something, mm-hmm. I'll wink. And then some people are like, don't even think twice about it. And some people are like really thrown off because I do it sort of like an old man. <laughs> I was going to say, it's very like... 1930. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're like twirling your, oh, twirling your cane at the same time. You yes. drive a car that goes, ooga. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> What do you want to plug? I know you have a massive New Year's Eve show you're coming oh, up. Oh, yeah. That's probably sold out, so maybe you don't you know, have to plug it. We're not quite sold out yet. It's close, apparently, but not quite. We're This year for New Year's, we're going to look back at the last decade because we're ushering in the new decade. So that's kind of fun. That's been like kind of crazy. And Miss mm-hmm. Piggy's sister, Miss Porky, will be talking about the last decade. Um, she'll be making a, a cameo. We also um, have cameos um, by the uh, the time uh, the time the Wizard of Time, who will be Father Time, who tells us what time Love it is. Love him. Um, played Love by him. Breedlove, and then also <laughs> um, my dear friend Lise Henderson, who's a genius musical genius seats from me at your opening she's, at the Sunday opening she's a, she's a rock star queen she we yeah. o- they always join me for New Year's and and she plays Cupid um, and so she, Cupid and she, may, she also I may talk her into bringing her guitar and she may play a little for us um, and then uh, we also Chris Don is also gonna um, help us by being the New Year's baby and we're gonna have New Year's baby bingo so we're gonna play bingo perfect and we're gonna sing like oh, we're gonna start the show off with some funk um, like Funky Town, and we got the funk and celebration. Um, I'm gonna sing. Um, I'm gonna do a little Cindy Lett Lang. We'll do uh, True Colors mm. because it's been a great, yeah. great ten years for gay rights. Yeah. So we have to sing True Colors. Of course. Um, and yeah, it's just gonna be really silly and fun. And I just really want people to have like a good Party. night and let their hair down. And I want people to play bingo because I love bingo. The best. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You're a drag queen. I know. And drag queens host bingo, and you're living your actual dreams. I just want to take a second to also plug your album, your live 54 Below album that is available through um, Broadway Records. Yeah, if you go on Broadway Records, it's iconic. You're so sweet. Album. I wanted it to be live because I wanted it to be like all my favorite cabaret albums, like Mm -hmm. Sibling Revelry, and you know, another one of my favorites is. Ella in London. It's like so fabulous. Anyways, um, your yeah. Mona Lisa's and Manhattan Matt Hatters. Thank you. Is excellent. Work. Thank you so much. That mashup really. My favorite New York song. Delivered. Two New you York and songs. Will are so good together. Thank you. So we have a lot of fun. He's together. also so much more organized than me, which is so great. Keeps me on track. He texted me this morning. He was like, "You got your pig song ready?" It's <laughs> like it's coming. I'll give it to you by the end of the day. Anyways. That's why it works. Thank you so much for spending your Saturday yeah, morning with us. Guys, so this fun. is a great way to wake up. Kindred like spirit beshared. Real yes. life Saturday morning cartoon. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. I have a three-year-old. We had child care coordination, so that's how it worked out. Here so it was are. meant to be. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening. And if you don't have New Year's Eve plans yet, head over to 54below.com and get those tickets for... Bingo and disco and dancing and open bar. Yeah. Yes. And everyone have a great holiday season. Be safe. Get be into well it. fed. And we, we will be dropping an episode New Year's Eve. Oh, we will. So will we? we will be a part of your holiday. I guess I'm working. So 
Everyone else, uh, enjoy. Happy 2020. Happy 2020. We'll see you in 2020. Bye. 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 (laughs) Do you always do that? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Amazing. In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizee and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In The Room Pod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.